Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Osha. Let's start episode 305 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. This question was sent by Alan and he writes, Vidas, we are back from our travels. I enjoyed the Bach organ tour, but the big surprise was how sharp most of the organs were. It wreaked uh, havoc with my absolute pitch and made it very difficult to play. It didn't get easier, but I didn't push it too much, as there were others waiting for a chance to play the organs. For something else to do, I took measurements of the temperament octaves of many of the organs in order to make some comparisons. A podcast of on coping with different pitches would be good. So, Alan is uh, already introduced to historical temperaments, right? Yes. This is nice. True. Was it difficult for you to adjust, Osha, when you first encountered different pitch levels in in tuning of different organs? Well, a little bit, yes, but but, but I, I wouldn't complain about it. Actually, I liked it so much. What was the first organ that was different from 440 that you played or heard? Actually, it was a small organ built by John Brombo in Göteborg, Sweden, uh-huh. in Haga Church. That was my first organ. So probably the same for me. That's right. And because it had split keys... I remember that you could not figure which are flats and which are sharps and I had to do it and somehow I did it fine Uh, you just need to listen really on that organ I chose E major preludium by Buxtehude with four sharps very stupid idea well at that time we simply didn't have any idea what the historical temperaments are and what did you play there? Well, I played, I think, Preludium in G minor. Much better choice. Yes. With two flats. Anyway, so the tuning uh, was uh, quarter, comma, quarter comma min tone, and the pitch level was A equals 
465, I think. Yes. Half step higher. Yes. And you know, a couple of remarks about absolute pitch, as you know, Alan called it, or I would call it, you know, perfect pitch. Well, it's usually not a pitch that is related to this. It's usually, you know, your memory. Mm-hmm. Your musical memory. You simply memorize everything at 440. And the reason I asked him if it got easier when he touched the keyboard and started to play, uh, because for me, somehow it it, it um, became easier. I, I forgot somehow, but maybe I spend more time than Alan on that well, organ. let's see, you know, I I used to get to play sometimes even during the same recital on three different instruments. I remember, you know, accompanying at Eastern Michigan University, for example, and I had to play on the organ, on the harpsichord and on the piano. That was awkward. And I remember in one recital I had to do uh, Swelling's chromatic fantasy on the harpsichord, Italian harpsichord, which was tuned, you know, in quarter comma min tune. And then I played on the organ, which, you know, Bach Vivaldi concerto, which was, you know, 440. So, and for me, it was really difficult to go through the first page. And after that, it of was Bach. okay. You mean of Bach? Yes, yes. Because you played Swelling first, first adjusted. Then, yes. Uh, get got used to it, and then suddenly had to switch to Bach to the modern organ. But you know, after working for a while with historical tuning, when you go back to 440, you see that it's really harsh sounding. That there are no pure intervals, and everything is so 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 out of tune, actually. Did you notice that piano sounds milder with uh, equal temperament than the organ, actually? True, because I think, you know, the pipe sound is so much more prominent than, than the piano. And the sound doesn't fade. True. Uh, so, so, yes, um, it needs some adjustment and uh, some experience with different instruments, but each new instrument gives you new perspective, new experience, right? True. And I think, you know, if you are, you know, getting in trouble, you know, adjusting to a historical tuning, I think when working on the 440 instrument, you need to transpose more often to play the same pieces in different keys. Mm -hmm. Why? then it will be easier for you to adjust. Oh, transpose. Uh, yes. We need to ask Alan if he practices transposition then. True. Mm-hmm. At some point I remember making a few videos of the same piece in different keys. A two-part invention by Bach in C major. I played it in, in C major in F major and in G major, recorded on YouTube, and I think uh, in D major too. So it really helps 
to do this regularly. Well, and another thing, if you want to adjust to historical tunings, if you have an access to a harpsichord, then it's easier to do because harpsichord is an instrument which you know you can tune in different tuning system very easily. So you could you know practice. Or clavichord. Or clavichord. I think it's easier to access harpsichord mm -hmm. probably than a clavichord. Right. Um, but it's all, I think it's all a mental thing. Mm -hmm. But I think Alan seemed to have enjoyed this experience, right? But um, but when he started to play that it was difficult, right? Or when others played, he couldn't listen to the original keys. I myself remember in, in Sweden back in 2000, in Göteborg, uh, so other people played C major. I remember Bill Porter played 545 Preludium and Fugue in C major by Bach. This was one of in Ergrita. In Ergrita, one of the first uh, uh, times I heard this piece actually, and he announced that this piece will be in C major. And I prepared myself in C major, you know, my per per perfect pitch system based on 440. And he started to play, and it sounded D-flat major. And the whole time, while being downstairs, I was mentally very struggling to think what is happening and what is he actually playing. Not what I'm hearing, but what is he playing. But again, when I started to play myself this on organ on another occasion, not right away, but after a few minutes, I think uh, it became easier. Yes, it takes for me. It takes about one page to adjust. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Osha, you do you recommend people? trying out different historical instruments and going on tours like Alan did? Yes, I think it broadens your perspectives in general. I think it's a wonderful experience. Tuning and pitches uh, is just one side of the story. Another could be adjusting uh, to the touch, adjusting to the bench height, what else? Oh. Uh, to the distance of the manuals, when you have to reach the top manual and it's very far from you. But if uh, we are talking about, you know, tunings and you see how different each key sounds, actually, when you understand what, you know, all those treatises about, about, you know, meaning of the keys is. Mm -hmm. And uh, also in many historical instruments, the layout of stops is not vertical from top to bottom, but uh, from... Uh, uh, right to left or from left to right horizontally uh, right and and you have to uh, reach very very far from the uh, distant stop handles and that makes very difficult sometimes then you might wonder if they uh, really played with assistance or or made uh, less stop changes or what that's true and it also teaches us, you know, that when going somewhere abroad, especially, 
on unfamiliar organ, you need to find out about them in advance as much as possible, that you would be you know, mentally prepared for it, that it wouldn't catch you at the surprise. Like a short octave, right? Yes. Uh, in short octave, uh, some of the lowest uh, semitones are missing, sharp keys are missing, no C-sharp, no D-sharp, and sometimes even no F-sharp and uh, G-sharp. So if you don't know this and you are scheduled to play a recital on some historical organ with, with a short octave, and you are used to playing modern organ, then you don't know what to play in that left hand section. Therefore, if you find out in advance, you can actually practice on your own keyboard at home or in a church with um, approximations of the target organ. And usually, next to this top list of your organ, you get a compass of you no know, keys. So you could, you know, find out about it from it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, guys. We hope uh, this was useful to you. Enjoy your travels and, uh, and enjoy experiences on other instruments as many as possible because each new organ gives you new perspective. It's like driving a car, right, Osha? Yes. The more you try, the, the better you become at adjusting to each new vehicle. Please send us more of your questions. We love helping you grow. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen. This blog is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online, where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, The sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your essays, courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner, and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, it has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vidasant Osha, thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. 
what is very nice about your blog podcast is that Usha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video How to Master Any Organ Composition and 10-Day Organ Playing Mini Course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.